This is Peter Rosenberger, and one of the reasons I wrote my new book, A Minute for Caregivers, is because I remember the sinking, despairing feeling of struggling as a caregiver. No one knew what to say to me. I didn't understand, and others didn't understand me. For decades, I foraged along and tried to find my path through this medical nightmare that Gracie and I have endured for nearly 40 years. And I've learned to speak the language of caregivers. I speak fluent caregiver. No pastor, no counselor, no medical provider, no friend should ever throw their hands up and say, I don't know what to say to that caregiver. Because I do. Give them a copy of this book. It's called A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. They're easy to read, one-minute chapters that speak directly to the heart of a caregiver, and you can get them wherever books are sold. A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day feels like Monday. Friends don't let friends caregive alone. Welcome to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the nation's number one show for the family caregiver. Are you putting yourself between an impaired loved one and even worse disaster? Are you pushing a wheelchair? Are you staying up in the hospital throughout the night? Are you doing laundry Are for somebody who is bedridden? Are you taking care of a special needs child? Do you have an alcoholic in your life? Somebody who's dealing with addiction issues? Somebody who has mental illness in your orbit? And you are affected by this. You are helping with this. You are putting yourselves literally sometimes in danger by caring for them. If that's you, then this is the show for you. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. The phone lines are open. 888-589-8840. For those of you watching on Facebook Live, we do stream the show. There's an audio input problem. So we're going to go off of that in just a little bit, but you'll be able to stream it at AFR.net. AFR.net. We've got some kind of audio problem on that, so I, I apologize for that. You could certainly log in to see me at Hope for the Caregiver if that's something that you feel important to do. But, you know, there's a reason I have a radio show and not a television show. Just saying. I have the hair for TV, but the face for radio. And, uh, no, I... No, actually, I'm not kidding, but I do have the hair for TV. 888-589-8840. America has a growing problem with family caregivers, and they're not even recognizing it. I know that everything else gets the attention right now, and so many things, deservedly so. But when you have a population as big as this, and some people say it's 43 million, others say it's over 65 million, I... The, the numbers are all over the map. I could tell you that it is a vast group of people who do not truly see to their own needs as they rush to put themselves between a loved one and even worse disaster. Now, how do you help these people? What does it look like to help these people? And is help even possible for them? Or do they just have to just white knuckle it until their loved one passes away? And then they can get on with their lives. Well, if you've got a special needs child, this is your life. If you've got somebody that is not terminal, this is your life. A lot of times people think of caregivers, they think of you know, nursing homes. Or they think of uh, 
you know, that kind of thing. No, I've been a caregiver since I was 22 for a wife who's had traumatic injuries from a car wreck. And, you know, both legs amputated, 80 plus surgeries that I can count. 100 doctors have treated her, 12 different hospitals, seven different insurance companies. This has been going on since Reagan was president. So caregiving comes in a lot of different forms. A lot of people are are struggling with somebody in their family who has an addiction issue. You know, that's a chronic illness. And if you are if you are uh dealing with that, it, it's it's um they're not going to get better. They're going to have to go into a recovery program. And if they're not doing it, it's going to get even more out of control. If they do it, and if they go into a recovery program, they're still dealing with these issues for life. You know, we're at, the ultimate recovery program is, is the sanctification of Christ. And that's what we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives in our Christian journey is going through that sanctification program from, for, with Christ. We're going to have relapses of sin, and that's why we need grace. And so the principles that we talk about on this show are all biblically rooted, and they make just absolute common sense. But common sense gets thrown out the window sometimes when we're dealing with an impaired loved one. And that impairment could be something as simple as as a uh, as a diagnosis of a of a disease or or some type of re- uh, addiction issue or it could be alzheimer's it could be uh, who knows trauma in my my wife's case I mean, there's all kinds of different scenarios but they have lifelong implications for us as caregivers so what do we do how do we function what does that look like and these are the issues that we want to talk about on this show, want to talk about with you. I'd like to start off with the scripture, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. You all know this scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I think that is for us as caregivers, we are, we are dealing with a lot of crooked paths. We don't know where to go. And it seems like we're just constantly being buffeted around. But as we trust in God with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, we find ourselves able to navigate more smoothly in this. But what does that look like? And by the way, lean not on your own understanding. There's a reason it's in Scripture. You know why? Because we lean on our own understanding. It's important for us to not just go with what, don't believe everything you think. That's another way of saying that. Don't believe everything you think. It, it's like the... um it's like the guy that went to the, the televangelist, went up on stage with the televangelist to pray, uh, to get him to pray for him and ask him to pray for his hearing. So the televangelist started shaking him, stuck his fingers in his ear, shouting at him and all these kind of stuff. And, and after a couple of minutes of just, just loud, boisterous prayer, the televangelist working up to a froth and everything, he says, how's your hearing? He said, well, I don't know. It's not till Tuesday at the courthouse. <laughs> so he didn't get any clarification. He leaned on his own. <laughs> That's funny. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's what we're looking for is to stop and get some clarification. Don't just believe everything you think because 
when you get in a situation as a caregiver, it can take you down some some very, very dark paths. And you can get your mind can play all kinds of tricks on you. And, and in that isolation that caregivers feel, we make terrible decisions. How do I know this? Because I'm the crash test dummy of caregivers. If you could fail at it, I failed at it. And yet, you can learn from these things as well. And you can learn from my mistakes. 888 589 8840. And that's why we do the show, not because I have the answers. I don't have the answers. But what we do is we bang around ideas here together so that we can safely navigate and help each other get to that place where we can catch our breath and then hear those answers and find those answers and find those paths of solution. That's what we do as the body of Christ. We pull together and help each other in this manner and encourage each other. Those of us who've been down this road a a little longer time, we have a responsibility and a stewardship opportunity to assist others the way we've been assisted. Paul says that in Corinthians. We comfort one another with the same comfort that we ourselves have received from the God of all comfort. We don't lean on our own understanding. It is it is a, an incredibly disorienting thing to go through this long, often very long, valley of the shadow of death. It is. It is an incredibly disorienting process. And how do you safely navigate through that? What does that look like? And are you feeling that way right now? Are you struggling with that? Do you feel like you just, you're just lost? Every turn you take is a wrong turn. Is that where your heart is? You are. This is the show for you. 888-589-8840. Plus, plus, if you have been down this road for a while, take a moment to call in and just offer some insights you've learned along this journey. What have you learned from from this, this long journey? That's how we do it. We build each other up and we strengthen each other in this journey. It is a hard thing to care for somebody with an impairment. I know. It is a difficult, difficult thing to do. It's even worse if you try to do it alone. And you're not. And we're live on American Family Radio with the nation's number one show for you as a family caregiver. I'm Peter Rosenberger, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. The phone lines are open. We'll get to your calls in a little bit. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me, but over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, we've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies, and with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. 
Please visit StandingWithHope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's StandingWithHope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope. Welcome back to the show for caregivers, about caregivers, hosted by a caregiver. I am Peter Rosenberger, bringing you three decades of experience to help you stay strong and healthy as you take care of someone who is not. And you, as a family caregiver, are an at-risk individual. Make no mistake about this. If this is your life, and you have somebody in your life who is dealing with some type of chronic impairment, from special needs children to aging parents, some type of chronic impairment from addiction to Alzheimer's, if this is you, then this is your show. 888-589-8840. We are interested in helping those who are pushing the wheelchair, those who are standing in the hospital room corner night after night, having a meltdown in the hospital park parking lot. Been there, done that. Those who are staring at the ceiling fan every night and having a conversation with it, doing laundry. I, I wrote an article, uh, it was in several publications this week about Valentine's Day. And here's something, too, that I wanted to just address quickly. I know Valentine's Day is over. However, I thought I'd throw this out there to you, and then we'll get to the phone lines. A lot of, a lot of men I'm finding out now are dealing with this with their wives who are caregivers for aging parents. And the traditional roles of women in the home, of taking care of the of household duties and so forth, those things get thrown out the window when you're a caregiver. If you're clinging to those type of stereotype roles, then that something's got to change because it is unfair for you as as a man, and I'm just speaking to men right now, it is unfair for you as a man to expect your wife to spend a day taking care of her mother, bathing her or wiping her or whatever it is, or her father, and come home to a house with dirty laundry and a messy kitchen and delivery or takeout at best for dinner. There is no reason why you as a man cannot do the laundry and do it well, change, make up the bed, go grocery shopping, and pick out heart-healthy things and, and properly stocked pantries. You don't just go to Costco and buy a pallet of toilet paper and come home and think you've really done something spectacular. You don't need a gallon of mustard to do better shopping get the bills paid on time, and, and take care of it. And when your wife, when, when your Valentine is a caregiver, and I, I know it's the, the, the day has passed, but remember this for next year and, and year-round. To have her come home to a messy house and you're wanting to somehow have romance, and she's been watching her mother or father or loved one die, and dealing with this, sometimes getting cussed out while doing it because of dementia, whatever else is going on. And, to, and then to come home to a, a, a clueless and needy husband, that's unconscionable. Stop it. Just stop it. There's no reason. I mean, and, and for Valentine's, everybody wants to give chocolate or, or, or flowers or, or lingerie. 
And I say, if you're, if your caregiver, I mean, if your Valentine is a caregiver, then yeah, you could get chocolate, but let that be a, a box of chocolate on a freshly folded or put away pile of laundry that's done in a sparkling clean bathroom. Put some flowers in that. And I mean, clean that bathroom, make up that bed, change the sheets, all of the above. And don't lay out lingerie, lay out very comfortable pajamas and help her get to bed and go to sleep. That's the kind of thing that you do for your caregiving spouse. Because that's the thing, that's, that's what our Savior does for us, for his spouse, for, for his loved one, which is us, the wounded bride of Christ. And when you start putting demands on your loved one who's serving as a caregiver to somehow meet your needs just because you never took the time to learn how to do the laundry and cook and iron and all that kind of stuff, wow. That's a whole different level of clueless and selfish, isn't it? We're going to help change that on here. That is no way to treat somebody who's caring for someone. The emotional angst that's going on in a caregiver's heart is beyond what you can really understand unless you've done it. Let's be kind to each other on this. Let's care for one another in this, and let's do it with with specificity. Let's don't just say, hey, well, let me know if I can help with anything, or I'll bring home you know, pizza for dinner. Fix a nice dinner. And by the way, dinner's not over until the kitchen's clean and in pristine condition. And I had a guy call in one time and say, oh, yeah, but I worked two jobs. And, and he stopped and realized who he's talking to. I've been doing this for a long time. I cook, I clean, I do laundry. I've helped, you know, I do it all. And sometimes I do it with a glad heart. Sometimes uh, I'm kind of grinding my teeth a little bit. But the point is, is we pick up whatever tools are necessary to get the job done. And these, and this is not about gender equality. This is just about consideration. This is just about kindness. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If you don't know how to do laundry, call the show. We'll tell you how to do it. And by the way, the iron is not some magical device. You could pick it up and use it and iron some clothes. You can do that for your caregiving spouse. You can do that. It's not hard to iron. The instructions are right there on it. And you look at the tag of what you're dealing with, and you can do it. I promise you, you can do it. All right. Eric in New Mexico. Good morning, Eric. How you feeling, Eric? I'm doing wonderful. Doing absolutely fantastic. And thank you for having me on your show. Well, let me tell you something, Eric. It's a little early where you are in New Mexico, isn't it? Uh, yes, sir. I usually get up around three thirty, quarter to four in the morning. Been doing it on for purpose? over thirty years. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm in Montana, so it's uh, it's a little early here too. What what's on your heart and mind? Uh, what's on my heart and mind today is uh, uh, starting up your show. You were saying something about addiction and uh, how some folks have to go through uh, programs and centers to uh, deal with it. Uh, my deal today is. Uh, I have gone through with alcohol, battled with it since about the age of 15. And in 2011, on the 3rd of uh, July 2011, I had one of those things with alcohol is referred to as a moment of clarity. And I decided to stop drinking. And I went back to school, finished college, went through a 10-month program. 
and it'll be going on nine years this July 3rd, 2019, and I have not touched a drop. I'm as sober as a preacher on Sunday. Well, now that's not necessarily always the best analogy because there's a lot of preachers that aren't very sober on Sunday. <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah, that's true, all that but notwithstanding, is, uh, congratulations on that. Congratulations on that. But let me ask you a question, Eric. Are you married? Yes. Uh, how long have you been married? 13 years. Now, you've been sober for how long? I'll uh, be going on nine this July. How's your wife doing? Doing wonderful. Does she go to any kind of recovery program for spouses or family members of alcoholics? Uh, no, ma'am. She, uh, no, sir. I mean, no, ma'am. Th- no, thanks, sir, for, uh, thanks for recognizing the difference. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. One more. problem with drugs or alcohol. No, does she go to a program for family members of people with alcoholism? No. Has she considered some of that for herself? No, sir. Ask her if she would like to do that. Because, you know, she had to watch you go through all this stuff. And she had to deal with that roller coaster of your life. What about your kids? You got kids? Yes, I have one child with autism. Um, how's he doing? She or he? Um, she's doing really well. Um, in fact, uh, she is an AB, uh, honor roll student since she started school. And how old is she? 11. All right. So she, she missed the worst of all this stuff, but your wife did not. Um, don't underestimate the impact of something like this on a family member, on a spouse. Um, right, in right. fact, um, have you seen, um, uh, do you know who Russ Taff is? The singer? Repeat that name again. Russ Taff. We played I've heard one, the name, yes. one of his songs coming into this break. And uh, he and his wife have a movie out. Uh, guys won all kinds of Dove Awards, Grammy Awards, and all that kind of stuff. Just an amazing singer. And he and his wife have a movie out called I Still Believe. And it details his journey through alcoholism and her journey through his alcoholism. And oh, wow. um, I would recommend the the movie, and I think it's coming out as a book. Uh, you can get the DVD. You probably can download it. But I would recommend it for your wife. Maybe the two of you can watch it together because don't underestimate what this journey did to her. Now, she loves right. you, and, and we're, we're all pumped for you. But right. we want to be pumped for both of you. The, the worst thing of alcohol and or drugs is how it isolates one. It does. In your now, addiction. Think about how it isolated her. Right. It's an, it's an isolation process. You want to you wanna get away and, and, uh, and not be seen. That's, that's, well, what it, that's what really, really kind of started to really eat at me. When you kind of well, you know, don't want to do it, but you go through the motions and you go to the store and you pick back it up, up and you buy back it, up. it anyway. Back up just a minute, Eric. I get all that, but I want you to start thinking of her now and how it isolated her. Part of your recovery program, are you still working a recovery program? Oh, no. Why not? Not day one. Why not? I didn't feel like I needed it. Well, I, it. I, would, I, would, I would challenge that, that it's, it's a, it, alcoholism is, 
is a, is a chronic condition, and you can get delivered of it, but there, there are opportunities for you to participate in a recovery program of understanding the journey of how you got there. It's not just to stop drinking. It's right. to start living and exploring why you – see, alcohol, alcohol was your medication. Well, what were you medicating? Yeah. Well, okay. Do what? See, what were you medicating? Well, you follow me? Yeah. Hang on through yeah, the break. I want to. I want to go to the break. I want to continue this a little bit. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. When we take a substance like alcohol, it, it is it is a medication. We're medicating something. What are we medicating? And that's the part, the process of it, of going through a recovery program and working a program to make sure that you stay in that place where you understand the journey. And also, don't underestimate how this affects the people around you. You tracking with me? It's not just always about you. Your disease affects a lot of people. Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me. But over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, we've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies, and with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit standingwithhope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's standingwithhope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope. Welcome back to the show for caregivers, about caregivers, hosted by a caregiver bringing you three decades of experience to help you stay strong and healthy as you care for someone who is not. 888-589-8840. The book is Hope for the Caregiver. The show is Hope for the Caregiver. The podcast is Hope for the Caregiver. It's all there, hopeforthecaregiver.com. If you want to get more information to see uh, more of our, from our blog, we put it out there. Uh, everything we we just we just dump as much stuff out there for you as possible to help you on the journey. Not feel so alone as you do this. Friends don't let friends caregive alone. And caregivers st- struggle with what I call the three eyes. We lose our identity, we be- lose our independence, and we become isolated. And in that, those dark thoughts can overtake us. That's why we do the show. That's why American Family Radio is committed to getting into your headspace with this show to offer you some clarity of thought to get to a place of safety where you can make healthier decisions for yourself. And if you want to be on the show, 888-589-8840 or go to hopeforthecaregiver.com. They'll sign up for the free podcast. I put it out there for free. And um, get a copy of the book, Hope for the Caregiver. It's on audiobook. It's Kindle. It's print and i've got the new book seven caregiver landmines and while you're at it you'll see a, a thing come up about my wife's uh, mission work that she started after she gave up both of her legs it's called standing with hope and you'll hear about that a little bit more on in the show standing with hope uh, we do prosthetic we have two ministries we have prosthetic limbs for her fellow amputees over in west africa and then we also have 
the Family Caregiver Outreach here. It's for the wounded and those who care for them. And we would welcome your help in giving the gift that keeps on walking. It is an amazing ministry. Click on the link and you'll see it. It is extraordinary. Standing with hope. Let me go back quickly to Eric, and I want to finish this up here. Eric, thanks for hanging on through the break. The point of what I'm trying to tell you is about alcoholism. It, it, it's a chronic disease, and you're going to fight it, and you've done well. Thank you. I'm glad you're not drinking. We're all just cheering for you on this. But do not underestimate how this affected the people around you, particularly your wife. You follow me? Did we lose Eric? Well, we lost Eric. And um, But that's this is one of the things that I'm trying to – drive home to people is that it's not just about the individual who is dealing with whatever impairment there is more going on. And if you are struggling with alcoholism or if you struggle with alcoholism, I, I am imploring you to consider your people around you to consider those around you that this is affected because it has. And my focus on this show is for the caregiver. Okay, I'm going to rejoice with you. If you're sober, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to cheer you on. Great. But I'm going to ask about the people in your orbit that have been traumatized by your disease, by your impairment. And are they getting help for themselves? And there are 12-step recovery programs for family members of alcoholics, for children of alcoholics. There are so many of those things out there, but you've got to take advantage of those things. You've got to make the phone call yourself. And if this is where you are, please understand, it is not selfish, it is not inappropriate, it is healthy for you to make that phone call, for you to go to a meeting, for you to seek out counseling. Raise your hand and say, I need help. This affected you. And I'm one of the few people in the country that are talking about alcoholism in this capacity when it comes to dealing with caregivers. All right, let's see. uh, Ralph in Kansas. Ralph in Kansas. Good morning, Ralph. How are you feeling? I'm doing pretty good. Fantastic, as a matter of fact. And uh, I heard you talking to some guy about alcohol. I thought, well, that voice sounds familiar. Then I heard you say caregivers, and I thought, well, I called in here about a Back in December, as a matter of fact, I heard you one morning on the radio called in. We got cut off or something before uh, we got ever hooked up to talk. Well, I'm sorry for that. Well, what's on your mind today? Well, I've got a friend of mine that's he was a caregiver for his mother. She passed away. But that guy, you I was just going to comment on what you said about alcoholism. I'm an alcoholic. And you can't just quit drinking and quit going to the recovery programs. You've got to continue recovery programs forever and ever and ever. And I'll agree with you on that. Well, I, I, I'm I glad I got the... Uh, or not. Well, I'm glad I got your endorsement on that because I, that's the stance I'm going to take and nobody's going to move me off of that. Um, I've got a sin problem and I'm going to need to do a recovery program for my sin problem for the rest of my life. I know well, I'm we saved. All we, all, we all do. And that's called sanctification. And um, sure and go. I I got to check you into a meeting every day, <laughs> and so uh, thank Ralph. I appreciate you sharing. That. Read a little bit at least, and communicate with God on a personal basis, and then shut your mouth and listen. <laughs> I I think you've said it beautifully, Ralph. Well, listen, I appreciate you. Uh, 
appreciate you calling this morning, and thanks for sharing that with you. You behave yourself over in Kansas, all right? I plan on it. We got lots of nasty weather up here, but we got, we didn't get as bad, much as we were supposed to get yesterday. But hey, God bless you. You take care, and thank you for you doing your caregiver program is vitally needed. Well, thank you, Ralph, and thank you for being a vitally listener, and thanks for needed. taking the time to call in. Why I know that I'm a veteran, okay? Yes, sir. And they have caregiver programs at the VA, and I know, and I tried to get my sister to go to come there because she's a veteran, but she would never come there. But we, we've had two parents just pass away and a sister pass away within the last two or three years. My, uh, Daddy passed away August uh, August of 2017. My sister, my younger sister passed away uh, last October, no, the end of September last year. My mother, who was 97 on the 13th of January this year, she just passed away last uh, Wednesday morning at 06:47. But I, uh, she's in heaven. She's dancing with dancing with Jesus. And I tell you what, you've got to take care of yourself, or you can't take care of nobody else. Well, I think you just said it beautifully right there, Ralph. So I'm going to go well, talk hey. to some other folks that are lining up to call, and you have yourself a fabulous day. All right. You do the same, and you be safe, and keep on trucking, and God bless you, and I appreciate you, and I thank you, AFR, for letting him do this. Well, thank you, and I thank AFR as well. All right, let's go to Donna in Mississippi. Donna, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm doing great, sir. How are you? Well, for a man of my age and limited abilities, I think I'm doing all right. Um, I'm calling in concern of my neighbor who is a caregiver 24-7, who really has no help from family, anyone, anyone. No one helps her. And uh, I, her mother has Alzheimer's, and um, she struggles every day. I'm 65. I was a nurse, but I'm unable to help her, and it's breaking my heart. I don't know what to do. Um, well, let me ask you a couple yes, questions. Um, yes, sir. How old is she? The caregiver. Yes, ma'am. Fifty-eight. All right. Uh, do you can you do your own grocery shopping? She does. Can Her you do? Does the grocery can you shopping. do? Can you do your own grocery shopping? Um. Yes, sir, but I live on Social Security, so... But you go to the grocery store? Yes, sir. All right. Can you ask her if there's anything you can pick up for her, and she can, she can pay you for it, but that way it saves her from having to go out and do it. Is that something that would be helpful to her? Yes, sir, and I do do that. I call her when I go to town. Good, And I good. do ask her if there's anything that she needs. Now, she's got a husband? Um, Yes, sir, but he works all the time, and she won't allow him. And, no, he does. I heard you say wash clothes, um, clean the house. Um, and he but, doesn't do any no, of those things? He has no help. And, and he doesn't do any of those things? Sir? He doesn't do any of those things? No, sir. All right. Every well, let me, let, me, let me tell you two things. Number one of them, number one is she has a savior and you're not that savior. And when she, she's got a husband who doesn't want to lift a finger to help her. Now, yes, sir. 
you can't hold somebody down and help them. I know it. She's going to have to get to a point where she's going to have to raise her hand and say, you know, I'm tired of this. And when she strokes out, if she doesn't, she's going to have health issues of her own. They say taking care of somebody with Alzheimer's ages, she takes about five to ten years off your life. And if she doesn't do that, then her husband's going to have to step up and deal with the reality of, of doing all this without her. She is but one. You know what? They'll put her mother in the nursing home. Well, that may it may come and, to that. Uh, and I'm sorry for that, Donna. But she and her husband won't do that. Well, and is it any? Is there anything out there that can help her have someone come in? Yeah, well, um, she doesn't need someone to come in. She's already got someone in that doesn't help her. What she needs to do yeah, is, is start true. asserting there's herself. I can do about it. No, there, well, there's actually something you can do, Donna. You can tell her about what? this show. Tell her about this show and get her a copy I of my did. book. I did. I've been listening to you now for two months, and you're so awesome. Well, and I did tell her about this show. And she said she couldn't pick up AFR. Well, there's a free podcast said, for it, but get her, co- Donna. Sir? Get her, get her a copy of my book. Yes, sir. Where can I get that? Anywhere books are sold, Amazon, wherever. Anywhere books are sold. Hope for and the what's caregiver. The name of it. Hope for the caregiver. For the caregiver. No, it's called Hope for the caregiver. Oh. Hope for the caregiver. Yes, Hope sir. for the caregiver. And I got I a new book out. I got, I got a new book. It's called Seven Caregiver Landmines and how you can avoid them. These are okay. easy books. And Donna, these books are so easy you can read them in the bathroom. I know that's where I wrote them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but listen, yeah. hey, Donna, let me ask you something. Are you still smoking? Yes, sir. How'd you know that? I think we all know that, Donna. How about you looking at your nurse? How about you looking at maybe stop smoking? Can you maybe start on that path for you? Yes, I'm already started on that path. Of, That's good because we'd like to keep you around for a little bit longer. Doctor. Okay. Yes, sir. I have a good doctor that um, is working with me on cutting. Donna, back. I got to go to break. I got to go to a break. You keep listening to your doctor. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Peter Rosenberger. Have you ever helped somebody walk for the first time? I've had that privilege many times through our organization, Standing with Hope. When my wife, Gracie, gave up both of her legs following this horrible wreck that she had, as a teenager, and she tried to save them for years, and it just wouldn't work out. And finally, she relinquished them and thought, wow, this is it. I mean, I don't have any legs anymore. What can God do with that? And then she had this vision for using prosthetic limbs as a means of sharing the gospel, to put legs on her fellow amputees. And that's what we've been doing now since 2005 with Standing With Hope. We work in the West African country of Ghana, and you can be a part of that through supplies, through supporting team members, through supporting the work that we're doing over there. You could designate a limb. There's all kinds of ways that you could be a part of giving the gift that keeps on walking at standingwithhope.com. Would you take a moment to go out to standingwithhope.com and see how you can give? They go walking and leaping and praising God. You could be a part of that at standingwithhope.com. 
Welcome back to the show for caregivers, about caregivers, hosted by a caregiver. This is Hope for the Caregiver. I am Peter Rosenberger, bringing you three decades plus of experience to help you stay strong and healthy as you take care of someone who is not. 888-589-8840 if you want to be on the show. That was my wife, Gracie, singing with her dear friend, Johnny Erickson Tata. The two of them, between the two of them, they've got well over 85 years of disability. Uh, multi, Gracie's had multiple amputations, 80 surgeries plus that I can count. Johnny, quadriplegia for 50-something years. Now she's battling her second round of cancer. And uh, and it's just uh, extraordinary to listen to those two women speak. You can hear that whole song if you want to go out to our website at hopeforthecaregiver.com. Just click on the music tab. You can hear it and that and all the other things. And uh, I produced that arrangement of the two of them and just uh, love listening to it. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. And while you're there, look around. Look at the blog. Look at the free podcast. Sign up for it. I mean, there's so many things out there. The books, so forth. All that stuff's out there for you. So hopeforthecaregiver.com. All right, let's go to um, Amos in Ohio. Amos, good morning. How are you feeling? Good morning. I, I, I'm not doing. I'm not doing that good. All right. What's going on? Uh, I, I lost my wife October twenty uh, first to seven twenty six in the evening, and we had two different places. I was either at her place or she was at my place. But when she got bad, she stayed with me for the last five years. And I gave her breathing treatments every day, and she'd fill out the fluid. She had, she had emphysema. Amos, and, uh, Amos, Amos. Let me back. Heart failure. Amos. And she made her son her power. But- Amos, let me back up here. I don't need to hear your wife's chart. How are you feeling today? Who, me? Yeah. that's it's, The show is called Hope for the Caregiver, not Hope for the Departed. I need you to tell me how you're doing today. Oh, I, I was a caregiver. I, I, I am the caregiver. How are you doing today, Amos? I'm isolating myself. Only one I got is my sister. All right. When's the last time you went to church? I started going to church ever since she died. Okay. When's the last time you went to well, your doctor? A couple of weeks ago. What did he, what did he, he or she say? Madison. What did they say to I'm what did the doctor say to uh, Amos, can you hear me okay? What yeah, what's happening? Uh, uh I'm jumping up at night to check Sandy's oxygen and she ain't there. I can't get I, get it through my head. It it's gonna take some time, Amos. You got conditioned to taking care of somebody like that, and it's gonna take some time for that to detox. Have you looked at have you asked your doctor or your pastor for a referral to a counselor, a grief counselor or somebody like that? They they got they got a grief counseling once every two months. Once every two I'm months, huh? To, everybody's so busy to get it out of there. He gets stuck in the doorway. I ain't even made no friends yet. I go with my nephew. Well, why don't you and find I one that meets one? Your son, the power of attorney. Hey, Amos. The way she died. Amos. I need you to. I need. I need you to hold still for just a second. Why don't you talk to your pastor or your doctor and find a grief counselor you can go to once every week? You got a CD or anything I can listen to? Yes, I've got. A, I've got devotionals every morning and read the Bible. I've, you can download my audio book, but right now, I think the best thing for you to do 
is for to talk to your pastor or your doctor and get a grief counselor that you can talk to at least once a week for a while and then maybe go to once every two weeks. Okay? okay. Try yeah. that, all right? Because hey, right so now, I Amos, I think... You guys 24-7. Well, that's, that's a good start, but right now I think you need a professional help to walk you through some of this stuff. It's going to take a while to detox you from being a caregiver for that and to work through all this grief. And so that's, that's a good course of action. Talk to your pastor or your physician and get a referral to a counselor. Okay. Well, the problem I'm having, I'm abusing my medication to stay calm down. Well, then you need to talk to your doctor even more. Okay. You're not in a good shape right now, Amos. And so I want you to make an appointment with your doctor and tell him everything you just told me. I put balloons on her grave for Valentine's. I have no doubt, but what I need you to do is to go to your doctor, Amos. Are you tracking with me? You're not in a healthy place. I want you to call your doctor first thing Monday morning, make an appointment, and tell your physician everything you told me and ask for a referral to a grief counselor. And tell that doctor that you're abusing your medicine. You promise? You promise? Yeah, I promise. All right. Thanks for calling. Call us back and let us know how it went, all right? Okay, I will. Thanks. Thank you, Amos. This is Tom in Michigan. Tom, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm great, Peter. How are you? Well, I, you know, I did a mental inventory. Most of me's here. What's going on with you? We got just a few <laughs> moments here. Just a real quick question. Um, I, I missed the name of the movie that was on DVD that you told the caller about. It's called. Ago about. It's called. I still believe. And that's the title song of one of Russ's big hits. It's about Russ and Tori Taff. I would highly recommend watching this movie. I still believe. Okay. Okay. And that, okay. that is for someone with alcoholism? Well, Russ struggled with that for a long time, but it's his journey with his wife through it. Okay. And it's the two of them. Alcoholism doesn't just affect one person. Okay. That's the nature of that right. disease. It does, it does, addiction is not a, a, a single victim affliction. It could take out a whole family. It could take out a whole generation of family right. members. I have, I have a friend, and I can see how it does affect their family, so I will certainly share that with them. And refer that, friend, refer that friend to a 12-step recovery program for family members and friends of alcoholics. There's lots of different kinds out well, there. All right, Tom. Thank you for caring. Right. Thank you Excellent. for thank you for seeing the need. I appreciate it, buddy. I appreciate you listening. All right. Okay. Thanks for all you do. Bye bye. All right, Daryl in Texas. Daryl, good morning. How are you feeling? Good morning, sir. How are you feeling? Doing good. Doing good. All right. What's on your heart and mind? Thanks for holding so long. What's on my heart, and my mind. I thank you for all you deliver to the people. And all the care and concern that you have shown and have let them know that families must be involved in caregiving, be involved with caregiving, and we all must trust in God with the hope that we can care for one another all the time that we're here. And I call to thank you for your program, and I do care and will. I've been listening to it for about the last three or four months. But y'all will hear from me on helping you continue your program. Daryl, it, it means so much that you took the time to do that, that you listened to this show, and thank you for that. And, and yeah. listen, you, you've heard all these callers today. Would you do something for me? Because I believe yeah. that you're a man of prayer. Would you just continue to pray for some of these callers that have been calling in that you can remember yeah, as the I'll Lord pray, brings them I'll to your mind? Why you talking to them, sir. Oh, Daryl, thank you. Thank you, Daryl. 
Cease not to, not to pray. Don't cease to pray. Continue to pray. You don't have to know no intercessory prayer. No, you don't. Thank you. Thank you, Daryl. That means a lot to me to know that. Thank you. I thank you for the program. It's not that I've listened to you. It's not a word. I like your little jokes and your little things. (laughs) Hear me good. I like the word that you teach and the message that you tell us how to be be aware of what's around us and place things to do and where to go. And that's to Jesus. That's why I love when you ask about the church. Have you been to church this week? That's the same way people come to your city and come up to you're on your way to church and they're asking you for something. Your heart is to help. And then when you come back from church, you ask them, and say, man, when are you going to come to church? Oh, man, I don't, you know. Well, no, I'm going to put it to you like this. I'm not going to stop loving you. But what I don't like about you, I'm going to tell you. And the thing about it is I'm continuing to be for you. For he said, unto one another be. So you have a good day. You and too, Daryl. I call to say thank you for what you've done over well, thank the radio. Thank you for that call, and let me go talk. Let me talk to Mary in Pennsylvania, Daryl. Thank you so much, Mary. Good. We got just a few minutes. I wanted to squeeze you in here. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good, but I am stressed out. Um, (laughs) I have a a 95 year old mother who goes around to the children, and uh, so I take care of her part time. And I have uh, a family that I'm homeschooling, and I have a husband who is just not willing to help help along i mean he does yes he he does he does help along but i feel like he could do a lot more and i'm just kind of at my wits end how to uh, deal all right with it. we only got just a few minutes so i'm gonna jump real quick when's the last time you had a conversation with him about it i don't trust opening a conversation because i'm not fluent like he is and he always well you sound pretty fluent and- you sound pretty fluent to me well, to someone that I feel comfortable with. Well, I think maybe we need to start helping you feel comfortable. There's an old song by the Georgia Satellites called No Huggy, No Kissy Till I Get a Wedding Ring. And maybe that's a uh, that's a conversation you and your husband need to have. Is that, Look, we can't have a healthy conversation of, of our relationship until I feel safe enough to tell you what's going on. And I don't feel safe enough around you. So maybe it's time for you guys to sit down with a professional like a pastor or a counselor and say, look, let's iron some of these issues out because I don't think they're going to get, they're not going to get better on their own. You follow me? This is yes, not going I to get do. better on its own, Mary. You're going to continue to develop more and more resentment and frustration. So, do you have a pretty decent relationship with your pastor? I do. All right. Maybe it's time. Is your pastor, you, you, you respect your pastor? I do, and I've talked to him, but he doesn't really trust getting into it with my husband well then we need to find a we need to find a stronger pastor and (laughs) it's time it's time to have a conversation with with the professional now okay thank you mary i hate that i got to cut you off here at the break hope for the caregiver.com talk to your pastor get a referral to a counselor this is peter rosenberger hope for the caregiver we'll be back next week hope for the caregiver.com You've heard me talk about Standing with Hope over the years. This is the prosthetic limb ministry that Gracie envisioned after losing both of her legs. Part of that outreach is our prosthetic limb recycling program. Did you know that prosthetic limbs can be recycled? No kidding. There is a correctional facility in Arizona 
that helps us recycle prosthetic limbs. And this facility is run by a group out of Nashville called Core Civic. And we met them over 11 years ago. And they stepped in to help us with this recycling program of taking prostheses and you disassemble them. You take the knee, the foot, the pylon, the tube clamps, the adapters, the screws, the liners, the prosthetic socks, all these things we can reuse and inmates help us do it. Before CoreCivic came along, I was sitting on the floor at our house or out in the garage in, when we lived in Nashville, and I had tools everywhere, limbs everywhere, and feet, boxes of them, and so forth. And I was doing all this myself, and I'd make the kids help me. And it got to be too much for me. And so I was very grateful that CoreCivic stepped up and said, look, we are always looking for faith-based programs that are interesting and that give inmates a sense of satisfaction. And we'd love to be a part of this. And that's what they're doing. And you can see more about that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. So please help us get the word out that we do recycle prosthetic limbs. We do arms as well. But the majority of amputations are, are lower limb. And that's where the focus of Standing With Hope is. And that's where Gracie's life is with her lower limb prostheses. And she's used some of her own limbs in this outreach uh, that she's recycled. I mean, she's been an amputee for over 30 years. So... You go through a lot of legs and parts and other types of materials, and you can reuse prosthetic socks and liners if they're in good shape. All of this helps give the gift that keeps on walking, and it goes to this prison in Arizona where uh, it's such an extraordinary ministry. Think about that. Inmates volunteering for this. They want to do it, and they've had uh, amazing times with it, and I've had very moving conversations with the inmates that work in this program and you can see, again, all of that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. They're putting together a big shipment right now for us to ship over. We do this pretty regularly throughout the year as inventory rises, and they need it badly in Ghana. So please uh, go out to standingwithhope.com slash recycle and get the word out and help us do more. If you want to offset some of the shipping, you can always go to the giving page and be a part of what we're doing there we're purchasing material in Ghana that they have to use that can't be recycled. We're shipping over stuff that can be, and we're doing all of this to lift others up and to point them to Christ. And that's the whole purpose of everything that we do, and that is why Gracie and I continue to be Standing with Hope. Standingwithhope.com Take my hand